This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is a show that we wish we had a decade ago. Now, this show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. So make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here, as well as getting some killer free stuff by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, check out the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, even relationship management and breakups. That stuff is all obviously extremely important to your success, so make sure you get a handle on that as well. We've also got our boot camps and our live training running every single week here in Hollywood, California. Details on that at theartofcharm.com or just give us a call or even email me, Jordan H. at The Art of Charm, and I'll tell you exactly what you need to know to get started with that. I'm looking forward to meeting all you guys here at The Art of Charm. Today we're talking with my friend Judy Robinette, author of How to Be a Power Connector. We're going to talk about why the old cliche holds true that your network equals your net worth, even at the highest levels of business, what makes a quality relationship, hint, it's not just who you know, but who knows you, and that people buy you, surprise, surprise. We're also going to talk about how to test for duds in your network, assessing the power of your network, and how to network with people who have absolutely zero time. Lots of really good stuff in here, even if you're already used to networking and you feel like you've got the skills down. We've got some advanced tactics on later on in the show. So I hope you guys enjoy this one with Judy Rubinett. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm looking at this stack of mail on my desk, and I never actually get mail. I've, I've got this thing called Earth Class Mail. I don't know if you've you ever heard of that, the way they scan oh. your mail. Oh. Yeah, they scan your mail, and they put it online. E- well, kind of like email. It's an image. But I thought that was pretty pretty badass. And I finally got some mail and I'm like, what is this weird paper on my desk? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So first of all, author of How to Be a Power Connector, thanks for being here. But why should we listen to you? I mean, how do you know how to power connect? Well, I have 10 billionaires in my Rolodex and I'm from a small town in, in Idaho with less than 300 people. I knew no one of wealth, power, or influence, and even if I had, I would have wondered why they would have wanted to talk to me. So I do it. I don't just write about it. I do it. Okay. So what you're saying is you were born into this network. No, I wasn't. (laughs) So so I grew up shy, Jordan. I, I grew up shy and through a number of years of finding out how to develop relationships, and I hated the word networking. I just, I think it's distasteful. It's old school. It's a manipulative and so I'm, I'm all about forming relationships and realizing that other people have got all of the critical resources to get you to where you need to go. You know, it's almost like a virus. So if you need someone to write a check to get you funded, if you need people of power or influence, that comes through relationships. Excellent. And, and it's funny because I'm totally on the same page. Before I started talking about this topic a lot, this networking topic all the time, 
networking was a dirty word. And for a lot of people, it still is because they figure and guys have heard me use this sort of analogy or, or metaphor or whatever it is on the show all the time, where it's like, you're walking into this place and you're like, Hey, Judy Jordan here. Yeah. Here's my card. And I like throw it at your head as hard as I can. And it, and, and, and I'm like, and call me say, hi, hello. How are you? You know, smile at you. And, and so that is people being in the wrong room. And, and when that happens to you, you know, you're in the wrong room. So most of the books out there on networking are tactical and it's how to work a, a room. And, you know, 95% of the time you're in the wrong room. If there's not somebody smarter than you, someone that has critical resources that can really help you get to where you want to go, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you're at the top of the room, the ladder there, you, it's time to go. Yeah. What happens if you're on the perceived bottom? And I think that's where most people have issue, right? Is they go, oh, well, that's all fine and good. You know, you can walk into a room with billionaires and you're like, oh, there's people here, but I'm walking in and I'm just some college kid, junior engineer, software programmer, barkeeper, real estate broker. I mean, there's people listening at all levels right now. There's a CEO listening right now who's like, I'm not as cool as all the other CEOs in the room. You know what I mean? And there's a judge listening who's probably going, well, I can't hang out. I'm only a circuit court judge, right? So, yeah. And every, everybody thinks that way, Jordan. So half of Americans identify themselves as shy. And, and, you know, it really at the core comes down to fear, I think, of I don't have any worth. What on earth could I have to offer value? And, and you know, the most Im important thing is that you, and it sounds trite, but listening. So it's just absolutely critical that people know you, like you, trust you. And you always have something of value to offer. So one, one of the things I tell junior engineers or, or kids, uh, young folks just graduating from school, is volunteer in a powerful organization. And that usually has to do with politics. So if you volunteer on a finance committee or something to do in politics, you're rubbing shoulders with people and they get to know you like you. And, you know, you may be sending out emails. You may be showing off, showcasing some skill that you have. And, and I can guarantee your problem is somebody else's solution. Exactly. But how do we do that? I mean, if, if I'm sitting here and it's like, listen, okay, how do I even get in front of these people, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, great, I can listen, but how do I know that I'm going to be able to reach out to this person and they're going to listen to me? Well, the, the first thing is that if you're joined in a, a powerful organization or you have somebody else who can make a referral to you, the, the secret really is developing kind of a value proposition, so usually, you know, if you're a junior engineer, you don't really need critical resources. Maybe a billionaire has. But, but I'll tell you, with the people that I know, they're delighted to meet people who are gracious, who listen, all of that stuff. So you don't have to be whiz-bang, brilliant, offer, you know, lots of stuff uh, to bring to the table. Okay. You've done some research here, I assume, and you know that the, the old cliche holds true. The network equals your net worth, right? It's critical to achieve success. Can you give examples of this? Because I talk about it all the time and I give examples and people are going, yeah, you, you run a pretty successful company over there at the Art of Charm, but I'm in a different kind of business or this won't work for me or you think relationships are everything because this is what you do. And what is that expression? When you're a hammer, every problem is a nail. Yeah. Yeah. That's a famous quote. So, so the reality is, so I, I teach um, or I have taught for the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program, helping companies grow. 
Um, I'm an angel investor. I sit on two venture capital boards, so I see it all the time. It, it doesn't uh, matter where you, at some point, you're going to arrive in your life, either personally or professionally, that you're going to hit the wall. And it usually happens when you need a different job or to move up in your profession, or you need to build a book of business if you're a lawyer. And so typically, people are comfy and they go, you know, why should I do this until they hit the wall? And then usually it's too late. You know, then it takes a long time to build those relationships. And that's why I talk about, you know, in my book, you need to get 25 to 50 quality relationships that are diverse, deep, and robust. And, and robust is they get back to you, they return your call. And, and that really isn't so hard to do. And that will pay dividends forever. And if you talk to people, whether it's Richard Branson, you know, I know Mark Cuban, these people will tell you, you know, they can pick up the phone and get to who they need to do. And, and like I mentioned, you know, humans, we're attached to everything. So if you need money, it's a human that writes a check. If you need a sales contract, you need to build a book of business, you need to uh, develop a better customer acquisition program to develop your your bottom line, your ROI. It's going to take relationships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you made a couple of important points here. One, which is that you need to, and you didn't say this, but I'll give you credit for it. You need to dig your well before you're thirsty, right? So if you wait and think, and I get this all the time, hey, do you want to work on your networking skills when you come to one of our live programs? They're like, no, nah, I'm pretty good there. And I'm thinking, I don't know anyone that's good at networking that says, I'm pretty good there. I'm yes. all set. <laughs> Anybody who wants to network is like, yes, if you can give me a 1% edge networking that I don't already have, even though I've been doing it for 34 years or whatever, I'm all about it because they realize that's like saying, hey, do you want an extra 1% return on your investments this year? Even if you're at 99, 150%, whatever it is, return, another extra percentage is just literally more money in your bank account. Absolutely. And so it's absolutely critical. I can tell how powerful a person's network is just with a few questions. And it is, who do you know of Gravitas? I mean, do you know a governor? Do you, uh, do you have any connections at the White House, the SEC? Uh, specific thought leaders in your industry, people that you can go to to get the best information, to get wisdom. Um, do you know any millionaires? I can remember I was really excited the first time I got a millionaire in my Rolodex. And, and then I was kind of hog wild when I was on a panel with Mark Cuban. And so you, you just, you can develop this and it will make all the difference in the world. And they've done the research that shows the more successful you are, the more powerful, influential your network is. That's great. And that makes perfect sense as well. And I think it's just so lost on a lot of people. People think the success comes before the network. And I think that's where the message really gets broken. It's like, well, of course, Mark Cuban has a great network. He's a billionaire. But it, it yeah. probably happens somewhat in reverse, would you say? Absolutely. So, you know, Jordan, one of the things people will talk to me about, uh, private wealth managers and, and attorneys, you know, how do I uh, build my, my book of business? And you, it, if you have the attitude that you're just going to sit at your desk with your head down working hard and magically, you know, this will work, uh, you're wrong. And, and so, you know, when I was younger, I read this great quote and it says, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And I used to think, well, what on earth do I need to do then? And my problem was I was stuck in my box. I was limited by my little comfort zone. And as soon as you get out of that, I mean, as soon as you start developing 
deeper, richer, robust relationships with your your network, then you just watch the magic start happening for you. Yeah, that's that's perfect because you can start doing this early and not only can you, you should start doing this as early as humanly possible. And I've got some people that reach out to me that are like 19. They're like, I have no idea what I can do for you, but just let me know. And I'll be like, sure, write us an iTunes review or something like that. If that person comes back in three years and says, hey, I wrote you an iTunes review a few years ago, I have another question for you. I'm probably not just going to click delete and be like, sorry, whatever. I'm going to, even if that's like a hair's breadth spider web connection, you know, to my network, it's better than, hey, I'm emailing you out of the blue. Coach me for free right now, darn it, which is what I get every day <laughs> times a million. Yeah. And that's, that's the perfect uh, from Adam Grant's book, you know, give or, or take. You know, many people fall in the category of takers, and I'm the same way. So I'll say to people, read my book, you know, write a short review on Amazon if you find something really valuable. And then people do, well, of course I'm going to take their call or talk to them. And and often, you know, I teach what I call the three golden questions, and, and you've nailed one of them. How can I help you? And often it's a simple little thing, but they look at Jordan and go, boy, this dude is successful. He's got this big business. What on earth could I do? Well, if they ask you, you can tell them. The other two questions are, uh, after you explain where you're at, to ask people, what other ideas do you have for me? And the second is, who else do you know I should talk to? So you literally curate the very best information at the right time. So it's in context because there's too much information. You need the really good stuff. And then the right people. And you did a lot of that without me even asking, which I thought was a pretty ninja move. I, I didn't even ask you to come on the show yet or maybe I had just done that via email. And you were like, I checked out some of your stuff. Have you ever thought about interviewing these people? And there was this big list. And you're like, pardon me if I missed something on your site where you've already gotten these people. Otherwise, reply with a yes or something, and I'll introduce you to all these folks. And I was like, whoa, that was pretty awesome. I did not see that coming. You can strategize and anticipate where people might use some help. So I I can look at you. You're doing podcasts with people. Well, I know a lot of good people. And then I look at specifically where you're trying to target, what your community needs. And I think, you know, Jordan ought to know Adam Grant. Maybe we ought to get him introduced here. And so, you know, adding value is what you do. And you can do it immediately with people. So I will often get a a report that I think is fantastic, maybe from McKenzie, that you can just sign up for online. And I'll think, oh, man, this could be really useful to Rosie Rios at the Treasury, who I'm a friend with. And I'll send it off to two or three people. And hands down, they will write and say, thank you for thinking of me. That alone is reaffirmation of, hey, yeah, you're still in my network. Don't worry. I got it. I got you. You know, enough of that. And people are going, I got your back. Or you can reach out and go, hey, hate to ask, but dot, dot, dot. And they're like, of course, of course, I'll help you with this thing that requires me to have very little, put forth very little effort. The relationships are robust and diverse. And I think that's key because there's a lot of people I know that are like, I know everybody in the used snowblower (laughs) industry. And I'm thinking that's really good, but only useful once every time I need a used snowblower. If you just have a generally, how do you like that example? If you just have a generally great network, I might come to you for a used snowblower or a new Lamborghini. Or a yeah. jet or or whatever it is that I need that I can't find. If I know that you're generally that guy, you're in the loop on everything. If you're just the snowblower guy, then then that's your label in my phone, right? Yeah. 
So, Jordan, I, I learned this accidentally. I lived in Twin Falls, Idaho, and, and I was uh, worked for a Fortune 300 corporation, and I was asked to write an, a column for the newspaper on business ethics and leadership, and my neighbor happened to be the Senate Majority Leader. Well, I found out I could get anything done. I could find the best information in town, and this is a small town of 50,000 people. And so all of us, you know, if you're trying to get ahead in life, it's helpful to know people of gravitas, influence. You're going to need people in media. You, you may need people at the White House or the governor's office or the mayor if you're a, a mom-and-pop SME business trying to grow because it, it gives you, you know, one phone call, that's all. And so I, I look at uh, the gravitas, the quality relationships being people that have influence, power, thought leaders that you can really go to. And then robust, meaning they'll return your call. Not only, you know, people talk about how important it is who you know. It's really who knows you, who will answer that call, answer that email, get back to you. And then diverse is indeed across different industry segments and also um, going from your local area to regional to the United States and eventually global. And that just gives you amazing power. And again, you can do that in 25 to 50 people. Yeah, that's that's incredible, especially given what you'd mentioned in your book, quality relationships, which are broad, which are not only who you know, but who knows you, right? Because a lot of people can be like, I know Jordan, we're friends on Facebook and I have his email. Yeah. If you can't reach me <laughs> in short order, though, and here's the thing, I'm very generous with time, energy, communication, it, like if you come through an Art of Charm boot camp or workshop, I will definitely help you with pretty much anything. If you're a random dude on the internet, I got to prioritize people who are students at AOC, your friends of mine, et cetera. And so it becomes really tough. And so you take the quality relationships and you add there to your strategy, which equals success for goals. What sort of strategy are you talking about in your book? You know, I, I talk a lot about being able to, you know, instead of one plus one is, is two, make it one plus one is five with those quality of people and actually leveraging. And I often talk about playing 3D chess. So the critical resources that all of us need tend to be ideas, information, money, or, or power. And so I will often talk about playing 3D chess. So any problem that you have, whether it's growing your business, building a book of business, trying to get funded, it usually takes one or two introductions, a few good ideas, um, and, you know, one or two meetings. And so that's kind of the strategy. And the biggest part of strategy, Jordan, is truly people are in the wrong room. So VCs will tell you 95% of the pitches they see are inappropriate. People haven't done their homework. And so, you know, imagine this guy and he's got this brilliant product or service and he keeps going and he's hearing no, no, no. And pretty soon your self-worth is wiped out. You think what you've done is a pile of crap and you're in the wrong room. You're not asking the people who could write the check. And so you start with your goal. I mean, if your goal is to build your book of business or to get funded, you better make sure you're in the right room, that you've done some research on that ecosystem. And that's a strategy. And, you know, I've gone to conferences and identified three people I wanted to know. And I remember saying to someone once, you know, by the end of the day, I will know those three people and I will have their business card. And so part of what I do is a bit targeted, but then I also plan for luck. And if you think about it, most of the things in life are a combination of skill and part of them are luck. And many of the best things that happen are luck. Well, you can create luck by getting in the right room. I mean, if you sit in 
first class on an airplane going, you know, international or even from East Coast to West Coast, you're going to get lucky. I mean, you can create luck. And part of that is understanding that ecosystem and making sure uh, that's the same thing of, uh, I'll, I'll give you another example. There's a fellow that was hired by a, a big bank here in Salt Lake City, came to town to develop private wealth. And, you know, he wasn't the typical white um, LDS business guy here in town. He was black and he was gay. And uh, I can say that I'm a cross between Mormons and Southern Baptists and, and not offend anybody. But I said to him one day, how on earth did you successfully build multi-millions for your private wealth practice so quickly and you don't quite fit the culture here in town? You would have had a little more barriers with access to these people of influence. And he said, I joined the symphony. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about, I mean, we group, we're like chickens. We run around in, in our little circles and you think about, you know, where are the people at? They're going to write a check. Where, where can you go get a business deal? Uh, a lot of people have never heard of the Association of Corporate Growth and it's for mid-tier and there's CXO, which, you know, CEOs, CFOs, CIOs across diverse industries. Well, if you're looking to do a joint venture or a big sales deal, that would be one of the groups I would think about joining. And there's those kind of groups all over the United States. And they're much different than going to a chamber of commerce. And, and those can be good if you're just starting. But, you know, make sure you do your research. And you can get into some powerful groups. For instance, if you don't live in the state of New York, you can join the Harvard Club and the Yale Club for about $800 a month. So you can go and stay there and use their hotels. And, and I've done this at, at the Yale Club or, or use their rooms. And, you know, I ran into Timothy Geithner. I mean, 16 presidents belong to the one that I was using. And they, you know, they have a problem, just like all of us have got a problem. And all of us can offer a solution. So their problem was they need more cash. So they're opening doors to people outside of New York who they know, you know, will come once in a while. But, you know, I'll pay 250 to $350 for a hotel room. I go to breakfast with the most powerful people in New York. That's incredible. And that's just because you ran into somebody, you opened your ears, and that's great. Yeah. And, and so it is easy to get in these uh, circles, if you know. And, you know, Rosie Rios at the, the Treasury, when I first met her, uh, she said, you know, always follow the money. Well, she did that, obviously. She works at the Treasury. <laughs> So you and I were talking about this earlier, and I think, you know, my audience is pretty smart, of course. So they know that f having 8,000 friends on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter aren't really going to have your back. Those people aren't really going to do anything. But you mentioned in your book that you've got actual research about Dunford's number, and it sort of proves why you should focus on the quality and not quantity of your circle. And then you narrowed it down to 25 and 50. Can you explain your numbering, your setup here? Because I think that's really yeah. salient for what we're just discussing. Yeah, so research shows Dunford's number groups fall apart at 150. And so, you know, you're right. People, you know, thousands of people on LinkedIn won't have your back in the future. Now you can look at those as having the ability to opt in. And, uh, you know, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's uh, business partner, says that out of 100 people he meets, 20 he never cares to see again as long as he lives. Five he thinks he can't live without and the rest are opt-in. So you can use the LinkedIn and the, the bigger numbers to kind of opt-in to look for the people who are going to help you strategically to, to meet your goal. And research also shows that typically we have 5 to 15 kind of close friends and family. That's our first circle or orbit out. 
And then I just decided, just looking at, at my own network, that, that 25 to 50 people is kind of the, the vital few that I can get anything done. And, and literally, I can. And I, I love being able to do that. And so I explained to people, quality is really important over quantity. You want people that are going to have your back and have your future. You also want people who are going to share your values. And Jordan, I think I told you earlier that we, I used to say, I want people in my network who have a good head, a good heart, and a good gut. You can find people smarter than you all day long, stabbing the back, let you bleed to death. And then these great BSers who don't follow through, you know, they're not going to be robust. And, and then they, I mean, you do something important and then they drop the ball and you look like a dud. I mean, you don't want that person in your network. Right. And I finally boiled it down to, you know, is this person in front of me an Oprah or a Martha Stewart? Now, they're both billionaires. They're really good at what they do. Best expertise in the world. But if I had to trust one that would have my back and have my future, it would be Oprah because I tend to have her same values. And so values are absolutely critical. Because there are some bad actors out there, about 5% are sociopaths. And so really pay attention because these are, are people that will be important to you as you're moving up. Yes, absolutely. Of course, it makes perfect sense that you'd want to make sure your network is actually full of people that hold your similar values and aren't just sort of secret takers. But do you have a test for finding duds in your network? You know, usually you can tell pretty quick, Jordan. I can't tell you how many times I've said to someone... Or, or they've said to me, Judy, I'll make this introduction. I'll get you this piece of information or this report. And, you know, I don't hear back from them. And so I was depending on it. And I'll write and say, hey, you were going to give me this information or introduce me. They don't. And so I just usually, those are people I don't want. They flunk that robust test. And again, you know, if I'm going to introduce someone to someone important, if they're not going to get back to them, it makes me look like a fool. And so that's an important one. Um, I also, the most important one for your listeners is empathy. So if people don't have that generosity and that empathy, they, they never will. Now, some people are pretty good at faking it initially, but the number one trait of a sociopath is, is lack of empathy. And you can tell with how they treat other people. Um, you know, you can often pick up on, on little clues. And one of my favorite quotes from Oprah is, Learn to feel the feather on your cheek before the brick hits you in the head. And if you don't get the brick, the wall falls in. And, you know, I've had a couple of those bricks. And so now I pay more attention to, you know, those little behaviors. And, and another Oprah favorite one is when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And I can't tell you, Jordan, in my youth, how many times I think, you know, I, I just I must not have communicated well enough with that guy. Um, there, there's something, and the word communication covers a lot of sins. And, you know, later on, I found out I just was looking at the top of the iceberg that this, this person was really a horrid, bad actor. And they indeed had showed me who they are. Now, recently I, I met a woman and she was talking to me and she just glibly said, I generally hate people. Oh, that's weird. And, and, you know, you can pick up on those things and then you, you know, you go, okay, you've, you've showed me who you are. Was she serious? She was serious. And, and I think she's had some kind of difficulties in life, but, you know, strategic networking at the higher levels requires emotional IQ. And so that means you really, you're an excellent communicator. You do care about people. You're generous. 
you know, another one of my tests is I will give. I say give a couple of times before you do an ask. I mean, you have to date before you go to bed. And people are judging you. And, and the research shows with trust, they make that assessment like in 30 seconds. And so everything you do says who you are. Yeah, it's really interesting how quickly yellow flags do turn red. It's, 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 you get these gut feelings and sometimes you even can point out what the problem is and you go, yeah, I should cut that guy a break because da, 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 da. And it's funny because the more I become an understanding, more patient, sort of astute person in my age, the, the less tolerance I actually have for that in business because I feel like it actually is such a great indicator of how yellow flags turn to red. It's not just, oh, you know, cut the kid a break. He's young. You know, you might hear that from somebody else and who's not in a business for themselves. And you go, yes, he's young, but he should still know better when reaching out to somebody at whatever level that this is not appropriate and da, 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 da. And every single time, maybe with a few exceptions, that I've cut people like that a break, I end up regretting it and going, you know what? I totally saw this coming when he was a jerk the first time, but yeah. then accepted his apology and cut him some slack because he's only in his 20s and dot, 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 I deserve to be, you know, I learned a cheap lesson here. And so now people go, man, you know, you're really intolerant of this and, and that and the other thing. And I'm like, yeah, because in the past, this is the foghorn. This is the lighthouse that says you're coming towards the rocks. And if I just go, who's this jerk pointing a flashlight in my face? Run, st steam them over, you know, then you lose. And, and that's absolutely true. So, you know, people will say to me, well, I've got to work with this dude. He's going to write a check for 500000 for my startup. You know, there's thousands of people out there that will write you a check. There's 300 angel groups in the United States. And, you know, many angels are devils. And, and so, you know, my thing is now I do the due diligence and, you know, I will ask uh, about a person's reputation or just ask a, a little bit. And then, you know, you really value who makes the introduction. And a, a quick story, I was in Bogota, Colombia, helping their, their government with entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I was introduced to Dan, Dan Gerskoff, who was the vice president of Google Latin America. And he has one of the 50 fastest growing startups globally, and it's called Lendo. And peer-to-peer -peer loans and like a 98% repayment, you don't go meet with the bank, they don't test your character, all of that stuff. I said, how do you do this? And he said, oh, we've got all these complicated, you know, algorithms. And I said, Dan, at the end of the day, what, what is shown to be the most important? And it's who refers you. Yeah, that's funny. So, of course, Jordan, when, you know, Ann Pryor at McGraw-Hill called me and said, you got to talk to Jordan, of course I'm going to talk to Jordan, and I'm going to help Jordan. That's great. I, I had no idea. That's really yeah. cool. Now, back to the show. One thing you mentioned earlier in the show that I want to bring back to the foreground is you'd mentioned improving your ability to ask. This is a tough thing for me to, or was a tough thing for me to do. Now I'm known as the guy who just does it. And it's like, people almost think, I can't believe you just outright said this and that and the other thing. And I'm thinking, listen, if you don't ask for it, they don't know that I want it. And here's the thing. If I don't ask for it, but I'm hinting at it in every other way, it's weird. And then they know I want it, but that I'm afraid to ask for it. And that's much worse than sort of stumbling over an ask and making it even a little bit tactless. It's much worse to have a hidden agenda and sort of hope that you get what you want and much less effective for that matter. 
Yeah, and, and for instance, raising money, I'll tell people, don't come out and ask for a check. You know, when you, you meet someone, you certainly do the pitch, ask them for other ideas, and then you can gauge, is there passion, is there interest here? And you again, you're dating, you've got to develop the relationship. Nobody's going to write a check the size that would buy a small house, unless they know you, like you, and trust you. You know, of interest, Jordan, is how many people don't utilize the network they already have. And, and part of it is, you know, you need to educate people and let them know where you're going, you know, what your goals are or what difficulty you're trying to overcome. And, and I use the example of Mike Muni, the co-founder of ACT Software, invented the CRM, that entire industry. And my agent called me one day and said, you know, his VIP orbit on iPhone, which is free, is the number one app out there for contacts. And I said, you know, I've never even heard of this. Uh, but I'd used ACT, and so he flew up here to meet with me, and I said, I've never heard of this, Mike. What are you doing for marketing? And he told me, and then he kind of sat up, and he said, you know, Judy, if I could just get a story in Success Magazine. And I looked at him, and I said, Mike, when you go back home, I want you to call the woman who introduced us, my agent, who I've known for less than six months, you've known her for years, whose good friends happens to be Darren Hardy of Success Magazine. And he almost fell off of his chair. Right, because he had no idea he that his friend no had idea. that friend. He had no idea. So every one of your friends knows 600 to 1,000 people. But if you don't educate them and then say, do you have any other ideas? And they say, oh, you know, my friend Bill. And then you say, would you introduce me? And if they know you, like you, and trust you, of course they'll introduce you. It's funny because I'm hearing no like, and trust. And I talk about that a lot. That's what we teach at The Art of Charm, right, is no like, and trust. Because we say people buy you. They're never really buying your product, book, service, whatever. They buy you. Would you agree with that, by the way? Ab absolutely. I mean, there's a zillion other people behind you. Yeah, that's what I always say. Yeah. Is you might have a much better product than your competitor, but nobody cares because nobody, one, probably knows, two, really cares that much, and three, they want to do business with their friends. And if it's sort of kind of the same thing, they're just going to pick that person because they like them. That's the cold truth. But here's the thing. That's the best thing ever, because that means you don't have to be the best technically skilled Python programmer yeah. in the world. You don't have to be the, the number one so-and-so in this industry. You can literally just be really good at networking and generating relationships, and you'll get ahead. And people love that, except people who don't have this skill. Those are the people here crying, oh, it's all about who you know. This is why unqualified yeah. idiots are always getting ahead in life. Wah, wah, wah. Those yeah. people don't have people <laughs> skills, but for us, it's a it's a huge victory because now I don't have to spend 15 years becoming a partner in a law firm that has this technical skill to do X, Y, and Z. I can just be a guy that people trust and yeah. enjoy. And, and nobody is perfect. I mean, we all have flaws. We all have problems. And, and you know, if, if you've got that level of relationship and trust, people will forgive you. And they'll say, you know, Jordan, you kind of flubbed that right there. Let me give you a little piece of advice. And that will help get you to the next level. Excellent. And so how do we do this stuff? How do we get this stuff and put it into action? I mean, how do we see how valuable our network is, practically speaking? We have exercises that we can do here. I mean, one of the yeah. things you'd mentioned is how valuable is your network? And my answer is, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I've, I've developed assessment. I don't have it on my website yet, but I will real quickly to, to help people. But, but I'll tell you, if you just, I would tell you to go out to 10 people in your network, identify who influential, who the powerful people are, and tell them where you're going. Tell them what's, you know, holding you back. Ask if they've got other ideas. Who else do they know? 
And and I'll be really curious. I mean, really, send me an email because it's staggering that people find out the answer was right there all along. And so another thing I'll have people do is find five of their friends and say, what's the very top three best things about me? And And it's stunning, Jordan. Often we're the last to know. I know. I did that exercise with a coach of mine, and I was just in shock because he goes, ask people not don't ask people that you know are going to be like oh i hate you you know but ask people that you might not necessarily be comfortable asking and yeah. and also ask every, all of your friends and i think i asked like 25 to 50 people and he's like write these answers down in a certain place and that was so cool i mean it was like you you had people who were like i always like how you always do what you say you're going to do and i can trust you even though we're, we don't hang out a lot you're one of the few people where if i had to go away for a week and i needed someone to house it i would call you cuz i know and i'm thinking wow I had no idea that people viewed me in that way. And it's really cool because you can wake up one morning going, oh, man, you know, I just I'm always last pick for kickball. And you find out that people value you so much. You just have no idea. Yeah. And, And, you know, the other thing is map out your current network and see where the holes are. I mean, do you have people in different industries? Do you have people globally? And if there's the possibility of you developing your business or becoming a a thought leader and you've got a a gaping hole, then I would be strategic and I would find an organization that makes sense to join so that you can build that out. What sort of holes are you talking about? For example, you know, I have to know people that deal in different industries that are tangential to mine. And also, of course, like you said, robustly, things that have nothing to do with mine. And then I might, how do you identify holes? Because you can't just write down every industry in the world and then be like, I don't know people that sell lima beans wholesale. I need to get a guy for that. Yeah. Well, you know, the most important ones are money, uh, thought leaders, the people with gravitas and power. Uh, So that pretty well covers uh, about everything. Now, I also add in media because it turns out it's important for all of us now to have our own brand. And it doesn't matter what business you're in. It's important for you to have your own brand and people know about you. But certainly having legal experts, you know, I just returned from New York this past week and I met uh, three of the most powerful attorneys in the United States, one of them with SEC, another top litigator, and uh, the third is uh, in merger and acquisitions. And so those lawyers, you know, can be very helpful to me and with my network. And so I would just say to you, if you have a problem, do you currently have the people you need to help you get to where you want to go? You know, if you're planning to advance in your career, build your book of business, do you have those people? If you don't, then you need to strategize how to get there. And part of it could be developing um, uh, not only your brand, but becoming a bit of a thought leader so more people can get to know you. And then people are attracted to you, and then you can pick and choose who you want in your network. That's brilliant. I never even thought about sort of testing my network. I just constantly build it. But you're right. You've got to sort of strength test it, and you've got to make sure that it encompasses, isn't top-heavy in one area versus another, especially when you look at global versus local versus regional. There's probably a lot of people that go, you know what? I think I've got this covered. I'm the mayor of this town. And it's like, cool. Do you know the mayor <laughs> of the next town? Well, yeah. Do you know the mayor of the town next to that? No, I've never, I don't even know who that is. And and go to a state government or, and it turns out there's like 400,000 associations in the United States. I, I mean, truly, there's an association for everyone. And you can go to conferences and identify the thought leaders and go talk to them and say, this is where I'm at. How do I get here? 
Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad move if you're really a baller networker. You could go to, you could even just look at the speaking roster of conferences and it's like, Keynote, some guy who sold a lot of mops last year. And it's like, I should know that guy just because he's the man when it comes to the international sanitation supply company annual fundraiser. Like, he's the guy. Right? Yeah, and do and, and Google him, see if he, and of course he's published something, he's written something, tweet him, write, ask him to join you on LinkedIn, say, hey, I'm coming to the conference, I'm looking forward to meeting you. You do your homework, you'll put yourself in the upper 5% of people, and like Charlie Munger said, you're going to be one of those five people he can't live without. Yeah, it's, it's such a brilliant idea, and one of the things that you start to learn as you network more and more with better and higher quality people you start to, their habits start to rub off on you. In fact, I just had a call today with this guy. I'm not going to mention his name. He's semi-retired and he's like 32 years old. He's just done exceedingly well in a lot of different industries and he lives in Florida. And he said, where do you live? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm up in San Francisco, but I bounced back and forth from LA. And he goes, hold on a second. And he goes, all right, I'm going to be in your area for something else from the 17th to the 22nd. Are you going to be there? I said, yeah, I should be. He goes, great. I was just going to hang out at the airport because I have a five-hour layover. But if you want, we can meet up and grab some dinner. And I said, that's a great idea. And he goes, I'll rent a car. I said, don't bother. I'll just come to you because yeah. I'm not going to have you rent a car for four hours and deal with that whole thing. I will literally, either we can eat at the yeah. airport or I will come and grab you from the airport in my car. We'll go to a nice place. And of course, yeah. I'll pick up the tab and just drop him right back off. Sure beats hanging out playing Sudoku in, in a Delta lounge. And, you know, you hung up and went, yes, talk about doing the happy dance. Yeah, that was real because cool. And and I did not see that coming. But he's probably done this a lot. And I thought, man, this guy uses the heck out of every opportunity he can. And the point being that, and, and this is something people don't get, is the people who are successful love to help other people. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and so, you know, they're happy to meet. And you can arrange it. I mean, for you to say, hey, I'm going to come to you, brilliant. And then you follow up. You say thank you within X amount of hours. Then you look for something that's going to add value to his life, an informational report. Think of someone you could introduce him to. And that will put you, you know, in the upper crust of people that he will stay in contact with. Yeah, it is it is brilliant. Another thing, uh, another great trick slash hack. I was at a talk. This monk, he was really ex-monk. He was really cool. I had, ended up having him on the show. His name's Don Dapani. And he was swarmed with people after the talk he gave at an EO event. And I hung around till the end, chatted with him a little bit, got his email, figured we'd talk more later. This guy who was next to me goes, listen, I know that you're trying to go. I can see that you're trying to edge your way out of here. And I thought, where's this going? He goes, how are you getting to the airport tomorrow? And he goes, oh, I have a car. And he goes, I'll drive you to the airport tomorrow. And he goes, great, it's pretty early. And he goes, no problem, do you eat breakfast? Which is a legitimate question for people our age. And he said, actually, I would love to. And he goes, great, what time works for you to eat breakfast and how much time do you need to get to the airport? And he literally planned having breakfast with this guy and then driving him to the airport to avoid all of those other logistics of like, oh, I can't, I've got a car and it might be early and da 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 I don't wanna meet. He just handled that. So now he's got an hour-long car ride from wherever to the airport and breakfast with this guy who normally would never devote the time, but he's going to be in a car anyway. Yeah, and so there's strategy. So, for instance, um, I, I decided it would be great if I could get Mark Burnett to endorse my book, and I didn't know him. But I had a friend of a friend who knew him, and I said, what does Mark need? Everybody needs something. Well, he had just finished the Son of God movie, 
and had spent $17 million of he and his wife, Roma Downey's, money and was concerned about marketing. And I thought, okay, I can help him with that. And I made just a few phone calls, came up with some strategy, and I called my friend and I said, tell Mark, I know he's going to be here at Sundance in Park City. I'd love just 15 minutes of his time. I think I can help him with this problem. I get an email from Mark Burnett saying, let's meet at Ruth Chris' steakhouse. And so I spent 15 minutes saying, you need to do this. Have you thought about this? Could I help you with this? Here's an introduction. And he said, at the end, how could I help you? And I said, would you be willing to read my book considering endorsing? He said, absolutely. And he said, what else are you trying to do? And I said, I'd love to get my book in Oprah's hand. He said, she's a good friend. She stays with us. That's insane. And so here's someone I didn't know at all, but everybody's got a problem. So if you're strategic, and you can figure out what that, and it isn't even a problem. I mean, Jordan, you're trying to grow your show. Of course you need good people to interview. When I was in New York, I met this uh, gentleman, and I said, tell me, what is it that separates New Yorkers from everyone else? And he said, you know, we have to hustle. And so I tell people, be scrappy, be a little resourceful. And, and again, that just makes you shine. Absolutely. Wow. This is really, really good. Thank you so much, Judy. We're going to link to your website, judyrebinette.com, of course, on the show notes. And we can put your Twitter there as well, at Judy Rebinette. And you've got some titanium Rolodex tips on your website. What, what are those? What does that even mean? Well, it just means it's just some tips on how you can develop what I've done very quickly and, and things that you may not have thought of. And we've covered some of those here, but I just put them together and offered them as a free resource. So thankful for this. And I know a lot of guys out there are like, okay, who can I drive to the airport and how do I test my network? <laughs> and I'm going to make this, this is really good, really actionable stuff. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jordan. A pleasure. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. We're going to link to judyrobinette.com, of course, in the show notes, as well as the book, How to Be a Power Connector. It is true, your network can equal your net worth, but I thought it was interesting that we talked about this at high levels of business, not just as in a huge network of clients, et cetera. And of course, that it's all about who knows you, not just about who you know. It's not about your Rolodex. It's uh, do you have a place in theirs? Does your phone number and name come up as unknown number or are you in the phone? Right? Are you in the caller ID? And of course, people buy you as usual. No big surprise here for you guys who listen to The Art of Charm. I really love that bit about testing for duds in your network. We've all been burned by somebody, but it's really interesting how quickly those yellow flags do turn red. And of course, assessing the power of your network, doing that self-assessment to see where your weaknesses lie. I would imagine none of us really ever do this. I don't do this, and I consider myself an advanced-level networker. I'm going to ask some of my friends like John Corcoran, who you've also heard here on the show, if he does that. And I bet you that he doesn't do that either. Just that just seems so brilliant and nuanced. And uh, I'm, you know, I feel like John would have told me about that. But give this a shot and find out where you need to improve your stuff. And of course, how to network with people who have absolutely zero time and figure out how to give them value as well. So I hope you guys dug this one as much as I enjoyed recording it. And I'm going to start applying this stuff right away. And I recommend you do too. Special thanks to you guys for listening. Show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let me know, jordanh at theartofcharm.com. And of course, boot camp details there as well. Go ahead and email or call me. Honestly, that's the best way to get in touch and I'll give you everything you need to know about our programs here in LA. If you guys are listening but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher, go ahead and make the change there because getting your shows delivered free to your phone or computer while you sleep is the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. 
Just go to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and search for The Art of Charm. That's it. And if you guys want to write us a nice review, we'll love you forever there as well because it helps other people find us and it's really important to keep our show ranks up. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.